You're watching No Go Zone with Henry. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Good to be back with you. We uh, did take a few days off, uh, enjoyed our time in the sun a little bit. As you can see, maybe the show today should be called, that's not so bad in the camera, actually. Uh, tell us, shows this big nose controversy. Maybe she had red nose controversy. Uh, did get a little sunburnt, but uh, you know we're we're good. Give it a couple of days, and we'll be back in shape again. Uh, anyway, hope you're uh, doing well. Thank you for joining us here this uh, Odin's Day Wednesday. What is it? It's sixteenth of August. Holy shit, twenty twenty three. Quickly going into uh, September, and then of course it's the uh, all the Halloween stuff, and then it's Yule coming up. Good times, uh, good times. It goes by fast. All right. Uh, we got a little bit of this and that for you guys today, uh, and it looks like entropy is down. By the way, let, let me see if I can start that over again. Uh, yes, it does look like that's uh, down. If you want to super chat, use Odyssey or Rumble today. That's the prim primary ways. Uh, we do get a we have to start up the uh, power chat uh, as well. By the way, uh, that could be integrated, I think, into the uh, software we use as well. All right. Anyway. We, uh, we're going to talk about Utsi a little bit, speaking about the uh, <coughs> Ice Age. i got a couple of questions about the naming chat here before we start up. So, uh, yes, Ice Age inspired indeed. Uh, that's, that's part of it anyway. There's kind of a more metaphysical, you know, symbolic, uh, you know, tone to the name Red Ice. But uh, Ice Age is definitely part of it too. Uh, but so we're going to talk about Utsi, the Iceman. Remember that? Uh, one of the first kind of earliest, really. You know, finds going back thousands of years. Uh, w one of the early Europeans. Well, now they're, now they're doing surprisingly a Cheddarman interpretation of this guy, and they say actually, actually he was he was really uh, swarthy, right? He was really black. He was brown. It was dark brown. Uh, so we'll talk about that. New new DNA finds. Apparently, it's always that. Uh, according to new DNA, everybody we can find in European history uh, was actually black. It turns out fascinating how that works. Uh, not a gay op in any kind of way, but I wanted to uh, actually start on something a little different, uh, which has to do, you know, the last uh, Flashback Friday we did, we talked about uh, X, you know, uh, Twitter, uh, latest um, kind of endeavor uh, here to rename the brand by Elon Musk and take into this new direction, doing the everything app and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, cautiously kind of optimistic we've been. It's like, all right, it looks like, you know, some of the, maybe the video platform will be good. We'll see what happens kind of thing. But uh, I, I think, I think we're safe. To, <laughs> we're safe to say uh, it's basically, it's basically doomed. Uh, it's, it's over. It was, it was a fun couple of weeks. Uh, maybe, maybe it was a month. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was a month. Uh, but, uh, but it's, but it's over folks. And we're going to present just a, just a couple of items too, uh, of why we think that is the case. Let's begin with this little uh, goodie here. This is from uh, Reclaim the Net over on Gab, which actually still remains uh, a free speech platform, unlike many of the other ones out there. X is seemingly working on adding government ID verification with Israeli digital ID company Au10TIX to verify by ID. Users will have to upload a selfie and a photo of their government ID. How about that, folks? That's uh, is that encouraging? Let's go to the next one. Here we go. Here, uh, as and as you can see down in the I consent uh, little box there, uh, it does indeed say uh, that uh, sharing images of my ID, including biometric data and personal data from my profile with AU10 ticks. Maybe that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure how it, or AU10 TIX for the purpose of confirming my identity. Uh, and then, of course, X have their own issue of storing their data on their end and stuff like that. So, um, so that's not a good sign. 
uh, Elon is not addressing any of these uh, issues. And then if you think, well, you know, well, I'm not going to be uploading any of that anyway, so it's not so bad. Okay, well, you want to post on the platform? Uh, well, you're not going to be doing that for too long either, uh, it turns out. Uh, unless, of course, you abide by the same old uh, gay, uh, <laughs> gay rules that they had uh, on Twitter, when it was known as Twitter on its heyday. And uh, why do I say that? Well, they're bringing back, basically, the old censorship squad. So there's a guy who's uh, fairly done uh, fairly good tweets on these kinds of censorship issues as of late. Uh, let's check out this guy here. Mike Benz this is X is hiring election censorship positions with a disinfo docket. The censors will work with subject experts. That's always encouraging, right? From universities. Disinfo Docket uses censorship tools out of Indiana University. Indiana University is hosting Rene, or Rene, I guess it is, De Resta. Basically, Linda Yaccarino is already bringing back the old censorship squad. Uh, and this is a name that keeps reappearing here to Aaron, uh, was it Rod yeah, Rodericks, Aaron Rodericks. First interview kicking off today for the civic integrity slash election elections lead at Twitter, as well as the senior IO investigators. If you're thinking about applying shortly, uh, short, uh, well, apply. If you're thinking about it, apply shortly, rather, at careers at Twitter. What's funny about these people, I think he mentions it too here. Uh, uh, what is his name? Benz, right? Basically, the, all these people that they're now bringing back to do the censorship and election integrity and, uh, you know, malinformation and, you know, harmful disinformation and all that stuff on X are all promoting like their blue sky uh, handles in their Twitter bio or X bios, which is kind of odd, right? Because like, wait a minute, this is what Jack Dorsey started up. That's going to be the, the Twitter or now known as X killer. Remember that blue sky? Uh, and they, I, he pointed it out a couple of times. But anyway, yeah, Re Rene uh, DeResta is one of the names that came up here. Uh, <clears throat> Disinfo Docket. Here we go. Check out the latest tool from the Observatory on Social Media at Indiana University. The top FIBers. What is that? FIB. Oh, I think we did, I think we read that out last time. I forget what it is now. FIBers dashboard tracks tracks the worst disinformation super spreaders. It's a good thing we had that COVID-19 pandemic because now you can use, uh, you know, the virus analogy. Of course, we had viral as internet lingo before that, but, uh, you know, now, now everyone understands it's really dangerous, right? Super spreaders of the month on Twitter and Facebook. Okay, that sounds encouraging. So they're bringing back some of these people, folks. Fantastic. <clears throat> this is how self-sabotaging Linda's new crop of... Well, it's really Elon, right? Isn't that what it is? This is how self-sabotaging Linda Yaccarino and Elon Musk's, new, Elon Musk's new crop of censorship shills are of their own company. Aaron Rodericks, who is hiring the new censorship squad at X, promotes his account on Blue Sky, the supposed Twitter killer made by Dorsey after Musk, Musk took over in his own, as we said, freaking bio. Uh, Aaron Rodericks. I saw, by the way, that he was target. He was going after. Uh, what was he called again? Uh, the uh, Richmond, north of uh, Richmond, or what was it again? What was it called? I forget what the guy was called. Uh, the, he was calling him some ginger, uh, like, oh, it's, a, it's just a gay op. Uh, he didn't use that lingo, but, but it, he said it was astroturfed by uh, some conservatives to bring him, uh, you know, bring him the fame that he's gotten with this song recently or something like that. So uh, it's, a, it's a nice anti-white uh, lefty here, Aaron Rodericks at uh, Twitter. 
always the same story, isn't it? Uh, and of course, we play we play that one clip, uh, and of course, that was what was that Kanakoa or something? What is it? Kanakoa the Great or something? Which is kind of like a MAGA account, and they've kind of been like fanboys of Elon, a lot of those types of accounts for a long time, and they kind of included some of the best parts from this interview of like. Okay, they're going to pay people, you know, it's like, okay, maybe that's good, maybe that's not good, but whatever. They're doing some some changes and stuff, but it didn't include this part, which is actually the more interesting part. I didn't look at the whole interview, just saw the, saw the clips yet. Check out what she's saying here regarding the, sa the same old ADL-sponsored bullshit narratives about freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach. Listen to this here. Staggeringly, they take it down. And that reducing that hateful content from being seen is one of the best examples how X is committed to encouraging healthy behavior online. And today, I can confidently sit in front of you and say that 99.9% of all posted impressions are healthy. How do you define healthy, though? Is porn healthy? Are conspiracy theories healthy? You know, it goes... Well, I mean, sure, remove the fucking porn. That's like <laughs> the whole thing with the X video thing is it's been a disaster, partially because every all the smut peddlers out there are pushing it under the hashtag of X video on the X platform. Uh, but conspiracy, we know what they mean when they say conspiracy theory. We're like, what are you talking about? Okay, the things are not approved by you. Fuck you. Otherwise, the first the first option was good. Like, okay, yeah, sure, take the, <laughs> take the take the weapon down. That's that's fine, but uh, but the co conspiracy theories. What's wrong with that? Uh, <clears throat> there's a there's a there's a distinct right to be wrong. Even and and not even that's not even to say that conspiracy theories are wrong. In fact, we'll take a look at a couple of other items. It turns out most uh, schizo posters are are right ninety percent of the time. To be honest, that's like the more uh, you know, the, maybe not the more. That's wrong. Said the more, the more kind of out there it is. But a lot of the stuff that's like vehemently targeted by the mainstream have have, have almost almost one hundred percent been been confirmed to to check out. Right? It, it's true. <laughs> Essentially, that's why they go after it. But check out what she's uh, answers here. Uh, Yakarino goes back to my point about our success with freedom of speech, not reach. There you go. And if it's there, it is. If it is lawful, but it's awful, it's extraordinarily difficult for you to see it. But how many millions of people follow Kanye West? Lawful, but awful. Staggeringly. <laughs> and they brought back uh, Kanye, didn't they? Uh, maybe that's what it's about. I forget when this interview was, but uh, the, the clips are posted. Uh, this one was posted today, but we, we played one from this interview Friday. So it's probably a few days old. Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, election disinfo. They they got they're rolling this out too. Uh, X is X is doomed, folks. And these are the kinds. I mean, it's great. He, credit where credit is due, right? Elon Musk's he he has. I say Musk's Elon Musk. He has addressed you know some good topics here and there. He addressed the South Africa thing with the EFF maniac going for you know killing the boar song and all that. All that's good. But why won't he address these kinds of issues? Uh, is 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 beyond me, right? Or maybe maybe it's not. It's it's very logical to be honest. But it's true that he likes the drama. He likes the attention. He likes the buzz. He likes to just kind of anything that that kind of keeps keeps Twitter or X now floating in the news uh, is seemingly good, right? Anyway, here's uh, 
Mike Benz again. He's uh, the uh, director of Foundation for Freedom Online. Uh, he says the new Twitter election censorship positions will include protecting users from global disinformation, deep understanding of geopolitics and disinformation. Okay, so you get a get a tweak it so that anything that's exposing uh, the geopolitical global game is uh, is is circled as disinformation and removed. Understood. Deep. Uh, let me say uh, next one is uh, combating threats. To the health of online conversations. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, here's the senior specialist information operations. Uh, that the, the doc here on on X, and he had a whole thread uh, about stuff here. Uh, let me see. What is this here? I haven't heard that. My fear is that while Elon may have control over Linda in the early stages, Linda is going to put together a squad. But that's already happened. May nineteenth. Okay. Yeah. This is okay. Well, he was proven right on that then. From May 19th, she did an interview. Uh, that's basically what has uh, happened. Uh, the old squad, as they call it, has been coming together. Uh, and uh, uh, Roderick's, I think, had some posts on this too. Uh, actually, no, it was a, um, I think it's a kind of a person that was supportive of Mike Benz. I forget her account now. I was, I was checking her account a little bit earlier. I totally forget spacing on her name. Uh, but pre pretty good on like whole the, the, all the AI stuff because it, that's a lot of the things they're going to bring into the fold is all the artificial intelligence to like, you know, monitor uh, online content and that's going to flag, uh, you know, uh, posts and information and videos and all these kinds of things. Uh, and she also kind of brought attention uh, or pointed to this issue that they're like bringing back basically five, six of the top names that previously ran the whole uh, censorship operation on Twitter under Jack Dorsey is now being uh, uh, re... The band is put together. That was the term that was... I think even Roderick's used that term, right? We're putting the band back together uh, was the term. And speaking of AI, by the way, we've we've talked about this just briefly before, but we can mention it again. Uh, apparently, podcasts is one thing that they're really nervous about, and the uh, Brookings Institute had a piece on this. Uh, this is a little bit earlier this year, but um, how top political podcasters spread unsubstantiated and false claims. Oh, fascinating. Uh, and it, frankly, we don't have to go through this in detail, but part of this was that there's pointing to... Remember even the... Uh, the ADL Arizona branch, the clips we played, uh, they talked about this too. Oh, now we don't even have to sit through, uh, you know, all these all these podcasts because who knows? Maybe they talk about stuff ninety nine percent of the time that just unrelated, but then one percent of the time uh, they say they say wrong speech, hate speech, uh, and uh, and then we can flay him and take him down. So so you know we can we can remove all that content and we'll have AI doing it for us. And so basically the, the podcast industry uh, is one of the new frontiers of, of censorship. And apparently uh, Brookings was, were very excited about that too. Uh, Audible, which is, do they have podcasts on there? I think that's just like um, books for the most part, right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but maybe it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's a broader, maybe it's not just a brand Audible, but just in terms of like any, any podcast out there considered to be uh, Audible information, right? All right. So that's not a big surprise. Uh, let's finish off this little segment here with this goodie. Uh, speaking of uh, banning and uh, controlling everything on social media, uh, if given the opportunity to be a dictator, Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, is he the PM now? I thought it was another guy, uh, says he would ban social media. Listen to this here. 
And a challenge. I'll start with a challenge. I'll give you the perfect world, okay? You've got no caucus to answer to. You've got no Federal Labor Party conference. You've got no elections. You've got no opinion polls. You are dictator for five years. (laughs) What do you do? What's your first act? Well... One is I'm not a supporter of dictatorship, so um, uh, look, I um, it, it it is true that in a democracy you have to account for more than your own views, which is what I guess your your question is getting at. Um, but I do try to do things as much as possible uh, that I, I really think uh, advance the long term interests. Of the country, I think the, the the big frustrating thing, if I could do something, maybe ban social media, uh, would be would would be handy. There we uh, go. Because Why? what worries you about social media? Look, I I think a couple of things. One is uh, keyboard warriors who can anonymously say anything at all and uh, without any fear. The sort of things that without any fear. So you're saying you need to, in, a, in this precious democracy of yours, you need to have a constant sense of fear? Is that what it is? Why is it that these people always, what does it matter if somebody is anonymous? <laughs> the only thing that matters is, well, is it true or is it not true? Right? It's fascinating how across the board, all of these people, all of these politicians, all of these bastards in, in higher positions that have power and that have influence, have all rallied the last few, well, the last decade really now behind this point of we have to shut down and say, it's not really a decade, to be honest. I mean, it, re- it really started like 2016 after the Trump. That's, I mean, there were, certainly there were people banned before that, but it was very rare. Uh, so it's, I'd say from 2016 and onwards, it's really gotten bad, you know. But they've all rallied behind this point. We have to, we have to you know, remove uh, anonymity on the internet uh, we have to ban uh, things that we don't like and things that go viral and things that, of course, you know, is, is very much true, uh, but is uh, disfavored by the elite class, by the establishment. Fascinating how that works, isn't it? Every single one of them. They would never say to you face to face. How do you know? You never meet people face to face. People like you never do, do they? And even if they do, it's vetted and it's pre, pre-approved and it's, you have your armed people around you. <laughs> if, if these people only know, know, knew rather how much resentment is out there for them, and, and it's not just it's not just this guy, but it's just as a you know as a representative on the entire uh, political class at least. Let, let's take this guy as an example. Uh, you are resented, man. Step out in the real world and see how people really feel about you, especially in Australia after the COVID shit and, and all the lockdowns and pushing the the vax and all that. I can just assert. As, as fact, and it worries me that what that's doing, combined with the pressure that that is on modern journalists, is to really be obsessed by the very short-term cycle. I think the great difficulty is dealing with the immediate needs that you need to to, to deal with the challenges that you presented, whilst keeping your eye on. The medium and long term. What are the long term changes that you need to put in place? All right. Anyway, that's that's that guy, uh, Australia's prime minister. Good stuff. Uh, keyboard warriors can anonymously say anything they want without any fear. Without and we can't get to them. 
How is this possible? What happened? In a good world where, uh, you know, where we run our democracies, we can nail these people. And of course, the flip side of this is, well, then you get a, uh, then you get the, uh, the, the MAGA supporter. What was his name? I've already forgotten it. Um, what was it again? Chat, do you have it? <clears throat> the 74-year-old, the, the FBI stormed in and, and shot the guy to death. Man, I should have... Uh, Claire, Claire? Something something with a C. Anyway, uh, that's, of course, the next step in this. <laughs> that's how they want you to feel fear, right? Uh, shit, they might be able to storm in and just shoot me and kill me at any point for something I've said online. Look, he made some dumb, goddamn dumb posts, obviously, but it was clear that this was, like, hyperbolic, over-the-top, you know, tough guy on the internet kind of attitude. Surely this didn't merit him being killed. Yeah, Robertson. What was it? Claire? Uh, Clayton Robertson, what was it again? Something like that. Th thank you, uh, Renounced for that. Uh, yeah. Okay, so anyway, <clears throat> I want to move on here and talk uh, a little bit about uh, actually what happened in Hawaii with these wildfires and a lot of, lot of posts on this. And I've come across some stuff for the last couple of days. You took a few days off, but I saw a little bit here and there. And I haven't saved down, you know, tremendous amount of this, but I thought this was kind of interesting regarding the fact that apparently there have been a number of discussions regarding specifically Maui, but some of the other locations as well, where we had these wildfires, uh, that they wanted to turn some of these areas and some of these cities into uh, so-called smart cities driven by AI. Some people call them 15-minute cities. Call them what you want. Uh, <clears throat> conspiracy theorists are just people capable of pattern recognition. Of course, that's why they call it conspiracy theories and then they uh, claim that they 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 with that uh, with that label they're allowed to censor these posts and and terminate accounts of people who spread uh, so-called conspiracy theories because many in regards as to say they're absolutely right not always obviously but in many regards uh, Hawaii government states their goal is to rebuild the entire island of Maui the first smart island they want and of course the backdrop on, on this as you know what was it? Oh, oh, and by the way, you, of course, you had, so, excuse me, I forgot to mention, you just happens to be that the same police chief that was police chief in Las Vegas during the Las Vegas shooting. When was that? 20, how was that? 2017? Or was it 2018? Uh, anyway, uh, time goes by so fast. Um, Pelletier or something, I'll find Michael something, uh, that same police chief, regardless was now the police chief in Hawaii <laughs> overseeing overseeing the the same thing and apparently the mayor was gone for like two weeks on vacation or something and then all this and, and look it could have been naturally started but there's all these other weird circumstantial things where police apparently held back traffic people couldn't evacuate look it's an island it's obviously harder to evacuate in a sense but there were places that were not under fire that people could have gone to and the same police chief that oversaw the Las Vegas shooting uh, basically, apparently, allegedly, are downplaying the number of people that died uh, during this, too. But it, but it basically, it, from afar, you know, from like a 10,000 you know, feet view on this thing, it basically looks... Oh, they actually have it in the po post here. Okay, I just saw that. Um, they basically... You basically realize they wanted to burn down as much as possible. <laughs> That's basically what it is. And then cover up 
and just keep the death numbers low so it won't be too much of a PR scandal. And then you can build your uh, your smart city. You can run it as a as a test environment, essentially, right? Uh, an island is, is, is actually, an island is perfect, right? Because you have a containment that you will not have uh, kind of on the mainland, right? They want the entire island governed by AI. It's outlined in the Hawaii Digital Summer of 2023. They plan to host this summer next month, September 25th, 2023, in Maui. What a coincidence. Last year in Maui, there was a convention pushing Maui to go all electric and pushing 15-minute smart cities. Contact made last year uh, to build high-rise condo complexes and businesses in, in Lahaina, which is a historic town and couldn't have any new development in this area. But now it has been demolished. So now they have to rebuild. What a coincidence. Now there's a 12-mile media-free zone around Lahaina, Maui, where the wildfires struck. The Maui police chief, John Pelletier, that's the name, there's our John Pelletier, was also the incident commander. Okay, so, okay, excuse me, I got that wrong. So there was a post I saw, someone said he was the police chief there too, but he was the, the incident commander during the Las Vegas mass shooting. He did a number of you know press uh, events, press conferences and things like that. And some when people saw his face showing up again for something like this, which is you know fairly rare, it's not unheard of, but it's the reaction to it. It's the, the treatment of the whole thing. It's how they refused to... Um, you let people evacuate, allegedly, according to some eyewitnesses, um, that is suspicious, right? Maui has the largest emergency air, uh, alert siren system in the entire world, and it didn't activate the alarms. That's right, something went wrong, kind of like uh, Epstein's uh, CCTV cameras. Fascinating how that works. Maui has, the, uh, sorry, schools were closed. The water system completely failed, so people couldn't get the fires away from their homes. Water systems always fail when they burnt down document storage facilities housing Wall Street court documents all the time. Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Lady Gaga, Oprah Winfrey, Jim Carrey, Will Smith, Julia Robertson, and billionaire Larry Ellison all didn't have their mansions touched by this. I, I haven't seen this, you know, like the here's one house burnt, then there's like one or two that's not, and then it's five more that's burnt. You know, we, we did see some of those things. People ask questions about now. It is true that the fire literally can just jump. You know, I, I get that, but it's but it's fascinating. You know, we we just leave that there. A bunch of old coincidences. Uh, let's check the clip here along with this. And uh, at some point, oh, it's everybody's uh, favorite uh, Lolita Express pedophile island visitor, Oprah Winfrey. And uh, at some point, I will make a major donation after all of the smoke and ashes have settled here and we figure out what the rebuilding is going to look like this is going to be a, a long and difficult process um but meanwhile and i wanted to share some local updates shocking or maybe not did you hear about the fires did you hear that the government of hawaii states our goal is to rebuild and make the entire island of maui the first smart island they want the entire island governed by AI is outlined in the Hawaii Digital Government Summit of 2023 that they plan to host next month on September 25th, 2023 on Maui. Wow. Now they're going to come to the rescue for this horrible problem. And last January in 2023, there was a smart city conference in Maui to turn Maui again into the smart city island, pushing everything electric, making 15 minute smart cities. And 
There was also a contract last year to build a high-rise condo complex and businesses in Lahaina, which was a historic town that couldn't have any new development in this area. But now it's demolished. So now I guess they have to rebuild. They have to rebuild. That's right. All right. She rattled off some of those points we read there, but uh, point point taken. Fascinating. And in fact, uh, might be from today, well, maybe yesterday, uh, the uh, governor of Hawaii, uh, Josh Green, said that he will use the government to acquire the Maui land that was destroyed by the fire, essentially confirming, of course, we're all the conspiracy. Do you see why they want to censor the so-called conspiracy theorists now? Because most of the time, they turn out to be true. Not always, uh, but this is what he said. About preserving Lahaina moving forward. I'm already thinking about ways for the state to acquire that land so that we can put it into workforce housing, to put it back into families, or to make it open spaces in perpetuity as a memorial to people who were lost. We want this to be something that we remember uh, after the pain passes. Okay, just turn into Smart City. It's something you can remember. First AI 15-minute Smart City. Good uh, good uh, call. Uh, all right, speaking about the... I, I saw one clip. I'm not going <laughs> to... Good play. It was it was obviously fake, right? But it's like shit. Like they're having lasers, uh, uh, starting fires in was it Chile or something like that? Uh, and you know, it's like you, if you and you look at footage like that, and of course you you know it was like a, a beam coming down. It's a very big, almost like explosion type thing, or like a massively bright light, and then something you couldn't even really see was on fire, or whatever. But the giveaway is, is of course all the cars. It was like close to the road. Just keep going and like nothing happened. So, so obviously these are like CGI thing. We, and we don't have to have, like you don't have to complicate those kinds of things. It's like all you need is like a, a magnifying glass or, or maybe how about a match or maybe, I don't know, maybe like a uh, like a lighter maybe or something like that. Maybe a little gasoline, you know, those, those kinds of things. You don't necessarily need space lasers. Now, should, now we shouldn't say that's completely out of the picture. Now they do exist uh, by all means. So naturally, they could use those kinds of things. But I'm saying you you don't have to go high tech and very obviously like, whoa, look at, you know, if that's visible, like from space or whatever, you know, or like in some satellites in orbit or whatever, you, you, you kind of that's that would be kind of a giveaway. And I assume it would at some point be be filmed uh, unlike the fake footage from Chile there. But uh, but but they exist nonetheless. And in fact, we covered this was it, over a year ago, I think. Laser air defenses will bankrupt enemies' firing rockets, says at that time the Israeli PM uh, Bennett. Right, the system knows how to down mortal shells, uh, mortar shells rather, unmanned vehicles and rockets. Bennett said of the new laser defense system. Here you go. Yeah, Jewish space lasers are actually real, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it turns out fascinating how that works. A laser system that Israel is developing to intercept incoming enemy. Now it's not in space, right? But I'm, saying, <laughs> but I'm saying they can shoot objects out of space, right? Out of orbit, out of out of the air. Uh, they can intercept incoming enemy rockets. Will not only make rockets ineffective against Israel, but it will also bankrupt Israel's enemies. Naftali Bennett said. Uh, so yeah, they do have uh, laser defense, folks. <clears throat> All right. Now for that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what was the other point? It was some, I was some other point I was going to make there. Uh, I forgot. Uh, yeah. You, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah. The the how you light these. Yes, that's right. Um, 
so look the conditions were obviously right for that to happen you know you had hurricane winds at that time that's why the wildfires spread the way they did but it's not only just that you maybe manufacture the entire situation and then you direct it exactly as you wanted is about gliding with and using circumstances and 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 naturally occurring things that's already in your environment to work for you and it could just be that they waited for the right opportunity maybe i don't know i mean we've we there was speculation about the canadian wildfires earlier this summer uh, many of them might have been uh, uh, you know set and one of the reasons for that is because now they want to blame climate change, right? So well, we got to prove that the world is burning to all these people. So let's go out. Let's go out there, and we can talk about perfectly, uh, perfectly, uh, you know, sick individuals <clears throat> that are going out uh, in the woods deep somewhere and lighting shit on fire because they want to prove that we have to do something now. Otherwise, you know, we're all gonna die uh, because of course that's the narrative and that's the rhetoric in the media. They're scaring people, you know, into such a state of. of um, uh, stress and, and outrage and fear and and, and uh, you know terror about this kind of stuff that 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 they want you know government have to act faster you know that's kind of like one of uh, Greta Thunberg's kind of like uh, lines it's like you know, we're all dying we're all gonna die right now and if we don't do anything um, you know we're all gonna die so so therefore we have to prove how real it is now it turns out actually wildfires are less now than they ever were because we have better uh, you know, wildfire fighting capabilities now with the airplanes and helicopters and more knowledge. We have uh, different types of vehicles and and, and even just, uh, you know, yeah, better knowledge essentially of how to fight some of these fires, right? Uh, so we showed you that tweet of, of how it's actually been going down uh, the last few uh, decades, right? Anyway, be that as it may, uh, we have uh, Ryan Triple G over on Odyssey. Better keep that inflation low, tiny hats. Yeah, I'm not sure they will be able to do that. I mean, uh, they're trying, I guess, but uh, man, it's uh, the economy is uh, is not in a good <laughs> it's not a good state. It's doomed. That's not what they say. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Good to see you as always. Pagan Bear, support what you like. Hail Red Ice. Thank you, Pagan Bear. We got uh, Randall Flag over on uh, Rumble. Uh, who says uh, Hail Henrik? A reminder: Elon is a philo semite. Well, he said as much in the interview, did he not? Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm pro-Semite. Was that the term he used? I think so. Uh, he's a philo-Semite and it's and always has it been. This whole Twitter X drama is odd since he went from spaceships to social media mogul. Elon glows so much it hurts without goggles. Yeah, there's something odd with it with the whole thing, to be honest. But um, yeah, I thought you know you you can always like oh, maybe there would be some positive side effects and maybe that's still true. But overall, yeah, no, I don't I don't trust the guy, and we've said as much before. Uh, look, I mean, if, unless he gets real about addressing some of these obvious issues about what's happening now with the platform of like censorship and bringing back some of these people and stuff, it's it's safe to say that it was it was just a it was just a fun ride for a little bit to I, I guess kind of appease the other side, may, maybe to get them to still participate. Um, you know, sometimes you wonder about that. You wonder about that. How much? How concerned are they? with the fact that they basically exclude everyone from all these major like platforms that basically spy on you they 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 take your IDs all the time they take your biometric signature they they probably have you know your DNA at, at some point here too they or they buy it off of third parties right that that do the gene sequencing or something like that 
uh, and they're building an entire like a prison grid with this. Obviously, that's part of the Everything app. That's what he wants to do, right? He, he wants that to be, you know, a payment system, and he wants to verify you as a human with this. He wants to track and trace you. That would just be a side effect of the whole thing. Even if that, even if that was not the main objective of it, that's what it's going to be turned into, right? Uh, but a lot of AI-driven stuff and, and things like this. But they're building this prison grid. And if they kind of exclude too many people, uh, you know, be they right wingers or nationalists or, or patriots or even MAGA, well, MAGA people seem to be safe, to be honest. But conservative Inc. personalities have been fine and safe on many of these platforms for a long time. They're not banned from the YouTubes. Uh, they're not banned from Facebook or, or Twitter for the most part. It's very rare. Um, it's kind of a it's a little bit of a giveaway at least it doesn't always mean it some people can dodge it or they they, they just can kind of skirt uh, you know the terms of service and things like that at least for a while until they get enough notice i guess or attention so it's not always true but in many regards it's kind of like hmm that's kind of suspicious right uh you know take a matt walsh or you know something like that they can, they can say good things occasionally but they're still on there, right? They're not getting banned. They're not getting censored. They're, they're not, you know, suffering the same treatment as people who actually tell the truth does. So that's a big giveaway. So they're kind of safe on these platforms, but maybe they push too many people away. And then they drive them to platforms that are more independent. There are more, uh, you know, open source or, or hopefully at some point truly decentralized and things like that, right? The Gabs, the Odysseys, you know, those kinds of platforms. And again, not, not you know, not ideal. You know, Odyssey is not ideal. Rumble is not ideal, uh, but it's... It's still good that they're there as an option, right? So maybe, maybe at some point they want to they want to bring those people back into the fold. <laughs> like, no, 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 get back back into the prison system. What are you doing? You get you going out of the countryside, having large families and getting together with other people, forming communities and and, and going mostly offline. Shit, I don't think we did. We hey, did we think this through? What happened here? Don't worry, Shlomo. We'll get them with the robots later. Okay. All right. Anyway, one thing that's true, though, if you do stay in these uh, big environments and <clears throat> these big mega hubs, uh, you are going to be And you're speaking to the 15 minute city here, by the way, uh, you are going to be, <coughs> excuse me, living in the $2,000 a month mini pod in places like New York. Check this out. This is uh, fascinating things here. This is the neighborhood. This is a 200, yeah, 200 square foot apartment in downtown Eastside. This is your living room. This is the price. This is your bedroom. This is your fridge. This is your kitchen. And this is your dining room. This is a space for your guests. And this is your walk-in closet. Ooh. Now this is a bathroom. This is the neighborhood. <laughs> this is a 200. All right, let me, uh, let me pause that. <clears throat> is this, is this, is this how, is this how people are gonna live? <laughs> I mean, look, I'm, I'm misanthropic. Just, I'm just enough misanthropic to see there is an upside to all of this. Obviously, obviously, I don't want, you know, our people to live in these environments because obviously this is the perfect space to, I don't know, raise four children, for example. Clearly, that's that's going to be that's going to be well, <laughs> going to work, function real well for you if that's what you want to pull together, you know, kind of thing. It's like two thousand dollars, right? And there's all these TikTok videos now of, of from 
quiet quitting, and I, I did a clip on that a while ago. Uh, you know, kind of like celebrating mediocrity and these kinds of things, right? Quiet quitting. What was the other term? It was what you're yeah, doing just enough. For, I forget what it was, something like that. And it's like, okay, you, you know, I get it. Like if you work, you know, nine to five or some shitty, you know, BlackRock corporation, you know, or owned corporation, you shouldn't do more than you are paid to do. You know, obviously in one sense, right? But then at the same time, obviously there's still a value if you want to, if you want to advance, if you want to make a little bit more money, if you want to try, try a little harder, you know, kind of thing. And it's not about just giving them, it's about putting you in a position where you don't have to live in places like this. And nothing, maybe you will afford it anyway, $2,000 a month or something. I don't even know what, what, what's the minimum wage now? Could they do, is that doable? <laughs> it's like, probably not, right? I haven't done the calculations. The point is everything is just increasing. Just like, you know, Ryan, Ryan said, uh, inflation or, or stagflation, I guess they call it, or, or the, uh, what's the other one? The, uh, shrinkflation, right? Everything is getting smaller, kind of like these places. Uh, your food, uh, is getting less and less, right? The belt is tightening, you know, kind of thing. And look, again, it, when you look around, it's like, not that you don't need it. Like there's an awful lot of dumb, overweight, useless eaters out there. And I'm just, you know, I'm just being honest here, just, you know, totally misanthropic, being out and about most parts of the world, that's what it's like now, right? Obviously, like too much calories, too lazy, uh, too much luxuries, and, and and a lot of people kind of don't deserve it. But then I understand that flip side of it too, that it's like, I'm still enough pissed off at this whole thing of like them telling you that like, well, you can't, you know, you can't have these, you can't live in a house anymore. You have to go into the pod. Uh, you're not going to travel. You have to put on the VR headset and think you're in, you know, in, in in visiting Hawaii at this new AI, fascinating AI smart city that they just happened to build. Um, it's about them telling you that and, and, and d directing things in that direction that makes me want to oppose those things. But it doesn't mean that there's not like a, <laughs> there's some, some true aspects to it. They're kind of doing it for the wrong reason, to be honest. But uh, uh, holy shit, I mean, this stuff with the, with the pods is uh, is is real, and then you look around, of course, and it's just like it's it's getting worse uh, out there too. By the way, we'll uh, we'll see if we can get to some clips later. All right, let me see here. What do we have? Well, this is kind of fascinating, right? It's not a big not a big thing, uh, really, but uh, Bud Light uh, is uh, is apparently not going to recover. Uh, who knew? Not that, again, not that it matters, really, because they have, you know, the <laughs> same companies that owns Bud Light. They own 25 more of those companies. Uh, so they can sacrifice that. But it still kind of gives me a little bit of pleasure, right? Bud Light distributors no longer expect sales to recover from uh, ugly tranny Dylan Mulvaney's marketing campaign, per the New York Post. Good. Um in May, it was reported that Bud Light said the drop in U.S. sales after a backlash towards the brand was equivalent to 1% of the company's global volumes. Okay, some link there. Uh, so, so that's good. That means at least, at least for some of them, there will be some pain, uh, which, which they need when they do shit like that, to be honest. Uh, will it solve things in the long run? Not really. No, of course, because it's not about the Bud Light. And I've seen an awful lot of commentaries and people talking about how just kind of like, 
what happened and can we just go back to like 1990 just like just when the conditions were right before we invaded iraq that was a great time you know kind of thing and it's like nah you, you need a little bit you need a little bit more than that you need a couple of uh, you need a couple of hundred years uh, you know at least if you want to like get back to some kind of trad status or whatever uh, you can't just go back to the time that laid the foundation for everything that we now see coming to view and fruition. Uh, so that's the big danger with that. Oh, just you know, just go back to um, you know pushing as as far as you, the U.S. is concerned, like pushing fake uh, you know fake patriotism or whatever you know they were doing back then, the the Bud Lights and all these uh, brands. Uh, that's not good enough. It's not good enough. They've taken ten steps forward. We can't just take one step back. We need to take 20 steps back. How about that? Set the bar a little bit higher. All right. Uh, now for some uh, serious business here. Uh, apparently, the uh, British uh, intelligence services uh, is warning uh, that Sweden might experience terrorist attacks following the Quran burning controversy that we've uh, covered quite extensively leading up to the uh, NATO membership uh, admittance here. Uh, of, of Sweden. Not surprised, but it's still fascinating to see that it's like we're now living in a situation with a population that are continuously being let in in greater and greater numbers, and they're increasing their numbers internally, domestically, through births. And while our numbers are going down, and eventually they are going to basically, if we don't comply, if we don't bow down, if we don't do what they tell us to do, if we don't act accordingly, they will bomb us or shoot us or stab us. And and it's not that that's not happening already anyway. It is. There's gang rapes. There's gang criminality. There's attacks and assaults. There's murder every other day. There's shootings. There's bombings. There's fires. There's all kinds of things. It's bad enough as it is. But yes, it was a little while ago since we had a major scale, like a mass casualty event, terrorist attacks. Uh, but that's just waiting in the wings now, according to the uh, British here. It's from Reuters. Uh, they say Britain on Sunday warned citizens going to Sweden of possible terrorist attacks following Quran burnings by anti-Islam activists that have outraged Muslims. In an updated travel advice, Britain's foreign ministry said Swedish authorities had successfully disrupted some planned attacks and made arrests. You should be vigilant at this time, it said, adding that, quote, terrorists are very likely to try and carry out attacks in Sweden with places visited by foreigners' potential uh, targets. In a statement acknowledging Britain's changed travel advice, Sweden's national security advisor Henrik Landerholm reiterated the increased threats to Sweden since the burnings. And it's what is this pause let's just pause there for a moment. Isn't it fascinating that that that, that is not grounds enough for the majority of people who are supposedly running our countries? That like, hmm, maybe we should maybe we should reassess this situation. Maybe we should reevaluate what's going on here, right? Maybe this is not the, the best for us. No, that's not a, not a discussion of that. This is just business as usual. Keep on going. Just keep keep opening the borders, keep pumping them in and keep pumping them out. Keep uh, keep increasing their numbers. I mean, by like 2060 or something, like what will be like 50-50 in the country, like 50% Swedish. Uh, in the U.S., it's already passed that under certain ages. It's like 50-50 back in 2012 or something like that. 
can't it can't go on like this. It's it's not going to work, folks. It's just it's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, barring that they do some like, ma barring that they do some. Ma I I don't see it how it's going to work as well in countries where, where Christianity is not as established, like Sweden, for example. There's Christians in Sweden, but it's not the majority. Uh, you could maybe you could have pulled it off if you push like kind of like Abrahamism or something like like the Abrahamic Accords. We have a thing on that later. We'll see if we get to that. But like you, you could potentially do like kind of a one world religion unification. Like you make it really religious and stuff. I mean, some people have kind of argued that uh, Muslims is just mu a much easier population overall to deal with and to control. Uh, you just have to have a very rigid system like they have in their own countries. And of course, ironically, we're heading in that direction whether we want it or not. It's our open liberal democracies that, of course, it's kind of allowing uh, all of this uh, just nonsense and, 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 and hate and violence to occur and go largely unchecked. However, there are moves right to, to, to try to secure uh, people's uh, you know, uh, safety, I guess. And they're doing that by using surveillance, tracking, monitoring, artificial intelligence. I, I even started thinking about the situation with the uh, Peter Thiel-funded uh, uh, project of open... Oh, sorry, uh, Palantir. Right? Remember that clip we played with the uh, uh, the head there? I forget that the uh, the Jewish guy who's heading up Palantir, was his name was again. It was not Altman. That's OpenAI. Anyway, maybe it'll come to me later. But regardless, the, the CEO, the head at Palantir said that they had used some of their AI technologies or de devices, he said. They didn't actually go into detail of what it does and how it functions. They did show something in the footage, whether that was it, I don't know. But apparently, Swedish intelligence have purchased some of these devices uh, or technology from Palantir, and supposedly that has stopped a number of terrorist attacks in the country. And he was very proud of that because he said that's the reason why right-wing governments haven't advanced more in the country. Which is like fascinating when you think about like, wait a minute, you know, Peter Thiel, supposed right-wing hero, you know, I mean, at least the liberal press is pushing it that way. Not that he is, but you know what I mean? And then, of course, he, he builds technologies that are, are keeping nationalistic parties from arising, you know, to the halls of power so that we can actually start doing something about this. Maybe, I don't know, call me crazy, but maybe it's better to not have populations that are doing terrorism in your country versus using technology that is just managed, at least for now, to kind of in, in, in intervene, I guess that's the best term, prevent, intervene from some of these planned terrorist attacks. In other words, we're living with a population. And it's not all, but I don't care if it's all, if it's just a few that's like, all right, I'm done. Why are we supposed to sacrifice our lives, our children's lives for this multicultural state just to have these people in our countries when we risk five or 10% of them being absolute lunatic terrorist madmen that's going to kill you and your kids if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time? It's just not worth it. You know what I mean? The potential and even that's a lie, right? But even the potential GDP that it offers your country it's just not worth it. But now we're finding out that's, and we've known that for a long time, but it's not even leading to that. It's an economic drain on the system. It's a net negative to have these many migrants in your country. But the big banks don't care. The big corporations don't care because these people still, however they get their money, whether it's uh, 
illegal activity, black market, or if it's welfare, uh, you know, on the dole, whatever it is. They still need car loans. They still need houses to live in. They still need to buy their cheap shit from Chinese corporations that BlackRock owns. And that's what it's about, partially at least. Uh, and then, of course, the plus side for them is you replace uh, the European populations in many of these countries in the West uh, with a more, as I said, a docile, conformed individual, or not even individual, a, a group, that as long as you have Islamic, you know, uh, rules or laws, that they, they will be appeased, right? It's easy, it's therefore easier to control them. So circling back to what I was talking about, maybe if they do some kind of like one world religion bullshit, where they're like joining Judaism, Islam and Christianity and say, well, you know, we're all children of Abraham anyway. So it doesn't really matter. We all, it's all, you know, the Jewish uh, God of Israel that we worship. So we're all going to be united in that, you see. But that's why I think it, that's going to be harder to do in some of these liberal countries. Unless, of course, I mean, this, and maybe that's the whole plan all along, right? But the, the insane LGBTQ push, right, that we've seen with the, the grooming of kids, the open pedophilia and all that stuff, could it, could it be? I, I don't think this is the case, but I just want to float the idea, right? Is it possible that it's been so, so absurd, so over the top, that that's going to be what kind of unify otherwise pop populations that would never be unified over any kind of values, right? Because you've seen that in places like Canada, for example, already, or even the US, right? Here's a, a Christian guy and a Muslim guy and a Jewish guy, and they're all joined up in like against, you know, grooming our kids and stuff, which is like, of course, of course, that's a sensible position. So I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying at the back of that, it might be a much more sinister, you know, pl plot essentially to get these people to uh, actually um, uh, unite and, and thereby, you know, again, we break up the homogenous population, you break up the homogenous culture and even the homogenous religion, even if that was Christianity or not in some of these Western countries, right? But you make it con a, a you just make a new glob out of these new populations and new religions and you just say, ah, you know, it's kind of the same thing anyway. At least at least we don't have pedophile groomers anymore. And then you start looking at like, wait a minute, what are some of these Orthodox Jews doing? Wait a minute, what's, what are some of the priests doing? Huh, what are some of the uh, uh, imams doing again? What were some of the problems they have with kids? Anyway, but let's not go there. Uh, Landholm said the storming of Sweden's embassy in Iraq on July 19th, an attempted attack on its embassy in Lebanon on, on August 9th, and also the August 1 shooting of an employee at a Swedish consulate in Turkey contributed to the risk assessment. Yeah, you'd think so. Maybe now is the time to close the borders or, or no, we're not doing that. Okay, all right. Quran burnings are permitted in Sweden under free speech rules, but Muslims see burnings of their holy book as blasphemy. The U.S. government has also warned of possible terrorist attacks in Sweden in its travel advice. Good stuff. So that means either it's something real coming or it's a gay op coming. Uh, regardless, they'll use it to say, well, we're all going to unify. We're all in this together, folks. Let's have a love fest after they kill some of our population. That's what's basically happened so far in the country. All right. And of course, it's not that they don't, uh, don't deserve it, right? Of sorts. They don't. I mean, nobody does. But then you, you, but you get to these levels of of just the the, the embarrassment, right? And we've done we've done this every year essentially now. Um, August they have their pride shit in in Stockholm primarily in Sweden. 
here's the the Swedish military, right? To, uh, going after or going in the the pride parade, going after the kids, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was going to say. I mean, Sweden used to be like, you know, internationally, at least, in, you know, not maybe in every country, but many countries around the world. It was like an admired country. And parts of parts of its success was its ethnic homogenous population. Right? It was like an extended family. I mean, essentially, people looked, you know, someone looked after each other. It was safe. It was high trust. It was, yes, utilitarian for many, many decades when the Social Dem Democrats ran things. And yes, many of the things they did, they, they crushed the soul of many people living in these, the, the look up things like the Million Program and things like that. They're building these concrete shoeboxes and shit like that. Socialism did an awful lot of bad things for the country that, that killed the soul uh, of Sweden, essentially. But it was at least it was safe. At least it was safe. Um, you still had nature. You could get away from those environments. You're, you didn't have to live like that. You know what I mean? You could get away from it. It's been, sure there's been alcohol problems and stuff, but fuck, we had like two car, two major car brands sold internationally. Uh, massive like weapons producer, right? Bufosh, uh, were some of the other ones, ABB. Didn't they do weapons? Did ABB ever do weapons? I think they do weapon systems. There's a couple of other, uh, you know, big like weapon manufacturers like that in Sweden. Very few countries with like a population under 10 million doing that kind of stuff. It was an admired country. And now what it's turned into is basically uh, Arab revolts when the few times you have Swedes or Danes that are brave enough to, to ex you know, exercise their freedom of expression by burning a, you know, a desert book, which there's billions of copies of anyway. And then we have, you know, the pride bread with the homo uh, stuff. Anyway, here, here, enjoy these eight seconds of the Swedish army going in the pride f parade in Stockholm. And uh, an international embarrassment, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, with that, maybe that is uh, the uh, reasons why there is uh, terror attacks coming to uh, to Sweden. We'll have to see. Yeah, Volvo, the other one, and Saab, of course, right? Big brands, uh, safe, very well-built, safe cars. Man, those some of those two Volvo 240s, you could drive those for, for decades and decades. I mean, there's still some of those out on the roads today. I Occasionally, I see one here and there. Uh, very good, high-quality steel made in Sweden by Swedes. I thought it was a good... Fucking good time, you know. What I mean, it, it was it was a lot of pro don't get me wrong, it was a lot of problems. The socialist bullshit is is, is life ruining. It, it it's again that's what paved the way for us to become what we now are. It's 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 the inevitable outcome, right? The the fruits of of that uh, of that growing, you know, that tree growing. Uh, anyway, speaking about gay stuff, check this out here. <clears throat> Uh, apparently, trans porn makes you gay. Well, is that well? I guess trans porn ma trans porn makes you trans. I guess that was the that was the issue here. Uh, <laughs> Larry Wachowski explains that watching trans pornographer uh, actors is that what it is? They say stars. It's always porn star. Oh, they're stars right away. As soon as they uh, <clears throat> go in front of the camera and do de degenerate shit. Uh, but anyway, watching that shit apparently made uh, that guy trance. <clears throat> and if you don't know, Larry here, that's the uh, the uh, 
one of the brothers, the Wachowski brothers, that made movies like The Matrix, uh, was it Cloud Atlas and things like that. And by the way, movies like Cloud Atlas, they've moved into that direction of like robot rights and stuff. If you watch that movie, you'll see what I mean. Uh, of like, oh, if, if AI is here, if robots uh, you come around, they have to have rights too. And it would be slavery for us to use these machines that we've built, you know, things like that. A bunch of just nonsense. Uh, but of course, the first Matrix was a great movie. It was uh, There's even speculation they didn't write it and stuff. And these two guys are just front men or whatever, but whatever, now front trannies. Um, I think it's just one of them that changed, though, right? Did both of them change, or is just the one that tried to change over? Think, think he's a woman? I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, but they made a follow-up Matrix, which I didn't even watch the whole thing, which is basically they did the whole... <laughs> because, you know, the red build stuff caught on, and you know, some of these concepts from the Matrix kind of caught on to, like, explain the situation we're in to use as, as, as analogies and things like that. Uh, but anyway... They made that follow-up, basically, oh, well, the whole thing was just a a story about, uh, you know, non-binary people. And it's all just a transsexual saga. Anyway, here's what he says. Here is, here is what he says. Yeah, so it's both change. Yeah, did they? Did both change? Fascinating. So uh, if you watch trans pornography, uh, according to this guy, that makes you trans. To be honest, like, for me, the... Let me go back here. To be honest, like, for me, the the... The people that I saw, the first images that really struck a chord with me were, you know, uh, trans women and pornography. And um, there was something that um, unlocked in my brain that I saw these uh, wonderful, fearless performers um, becoming these, um, becoming desirable. And I, in my head, I could take the leap where I felt like, well, if I could be desirable, then maybe I could be loved. And for me, that's like one of the keys that trans people have to like struggle through, you know, will somebody love me? And so, yeah, that's, that's my answer, Nick Adams. <clears throat> will somebody, wait, wait a minute, you can, have you tried, have you tried, dude, have you tried getting a, a woman loving you? Have you tried, <laughs> have you tried that? <clears throat> Laughter, that's right. Man, yeah, he's definitely a broad-shouldered, broad uh, that guy. He's he towering over the, <laughs> the other yeah, the two little uh, wimps there on stage. Uh, all right, so anyway, there you, there you have it. Watching trans porn. Now, that takes me... <clears throat> takes me to this other clip here. And remember, I mean, look, it's it's it seems to be just a fact uh, that, uh, that one time uh, Alex Jones showed his uh, phone on stream... Uh, he was watching tranny porn. No? Am I am I wrong about that? Maybe that explains the following clip. Blair's a good person. You look like a woman. Blair White's done nothing wrong. Your bones look like a woman. We're very blessed to have you as an amazing, beautiful, smart person. My genetics says this is a woman. You're an articulate, amazing person, a beautiful person. The way God works mysterious ways, it creates beautiful things. It just shows you how the, how God works in mysterious ways. I know this in my heart. You're a good person. You love the children. You're the perfect spokesperson. This is what uh, they probably should have uh, done over at, uh, over at uh, Bud Live. Inherently, at a spiritual level, I realize that God's working through you and it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. Blair's a good person. <clears throat> All right. I'll just, uh, I'll just leave that there for you. <laughs> what the hell happened, man? <laughs> Let's say, 
What about the the tranny agenda? Is like a subversive thing to like you know get us to reproduce less and and and, and destroy these kids and, and I mean, it's so much more than that. They just a humiliation of the thing and all that stuff, right? But like, <laughs> really, man, is that is that what you're gonna say? All right. Oh my god. Not good. Not good, buddy. Uh, all right. <laughs> anyway, speaking of trannies. <clears throat> Here's uh, our good old friend Schwab talking about uh, transparency. Uh, in the new world, you have to accept, to and this is what I talked about before, right? Total transparency. It will become part of your personality. Everything will be transparent, but not for them or for what they're doing. And if we expect them to be transparent with what they're doing, you'll get banned. You'll get censored. You'll get debanked. They'll cut off vital utilities to your house or i guess sorry excuse me excuse me what am i saying to your pod listen to this dans ce nouveau monde mm. il on doit accepter une transparence okay we get him in french that's right uh, i forgot we get him in french so it was subtitled remove the uh, little bug there and you can uh, read this check this out dans ce nouveau monde mm. il on doit accepter une transparence et je dirais même une transparence totale tout va être transparent Et il faut s'habituer, il faut se comporter ainsi. Ça devient, comment dirais-je, intégré dans votre personnalité. Mais oh. si on n'a rien à cacher, euh, yeah, il ne faut pas avoir peur. That's always, a, <laughs> that's always what it is, right? If you have nothing to hide. What do you, well, what do you got to hide? What do, you, what do you mean? Why is this a problem for you? What are you talking about? Well, are you going to be transparent? Can we, can we look into what you guys... I mean, ironically, though... The, the the World Economic Forum have, I mean, tr truly in a sense, moved from being, I, I forget, I mean, how, it was just that it didn't get, it wasn't, it wasn't that big and given that much attention back in the, what is it, like 70s, it formed as the economic, European Economic Forum, I think, or something, right, eventually, uh, it turned into World Economic Forum, <clears throat> but they're, blatantly open about it i mean they they do talk and it's not that it's like everything is broadcast on their website but like the, when he does speeches and he talks about how we've infiltrated all the cabinets of most western nations you know and we're doing that you're going to own nothing you're going to be happy you're going to be by 2030 you'll live in these pods and you know you you'll you'll have nothing uh and and it's going to be transparent so in a way you could say that that they're transparent in their conspiracy it's an open conspiracy of sorts uh, it's just that people enough people are not paying attention same thing with the 15 minute cities right they, they have things like that on their websites uh, but the point is it's going to be for you it's you who are going to be uh transparent uh or maybe just a trans part of that word i'm not sure we'll see how that develops maybe they just get to half of it so you'll be trans we'll see if you be transparent well, you can't be a parent if you're trans, but you know what I mean. All right. Uh, okay. A little bit more here. Uh, some serious developments in uh, the... Where are we here? The UK, where they're developing, apparently now, a vaccine, or vaccines, actually plural, for a pandemic that has uh, yet not struck. So they're calling this Disease X. I've heard Pandemic X as well. Uh, this was in the news in the news a while ago, uh, but now there's non, some high government, uh, you know, uh, labs essentially bio labs that are working on vaccines 
for the, some of these new diseases that they think might become the new pandemic. And of course, the, the warning in all of this is just think of the money alone that was made from the vaccines, right? That alone would be an incentive for people to do it. Forget about the fact that they hate us. Forget about the fact that they want to kill us. Forget about the fact that this time they might actually release something that actually kills a lot of people. Look, the, the, the jab killed people. The COVID jab killed people. Uh, and it's more now than, than ever. We had a... Oh, in fact, I forgot to bring that in. I should have. Uh, in the UK. Did I save down? I had it on our Telegram. I'll, I'll pull it up here. There's a clipper. I'll pull it up in the meantime. To, to just show you the, the, uh, the rates of, of deaths according to the UK government. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, the work has been carried out at the government's high security port down... Porton Down Laboratory Complex in Wiltshire uh, for for the development of these disease X vaccines. So take a look at this clip here. I'm standing in one of the most secure biological research centres in the country. This is Porton Down in Wiltshire. It's part of the UK Health Security Agency and it's very rare to be allowed through the high fences, the gates, into the labs themselves but they're very keen to show off their new vaccine development and evaluation center it started work during the covid pandemic they were the ones who are testing uh, vaccines against new variants of the virus that were cropping up on a regular basis around the world but they're now extending that work to look out for what might be the next pandemic they don't know what it will be a virus or a bacteria or some other pathogen so it's just called disease x and there are a number of candidates that they're already looking at avian influenza is one of those things bird flu which has already as we know been sweeping around the country in the wild bird population causing huge numbers of deaths now this summer but has also infected four people they're all well but it does underline the threat that this is a potential risk to humans at some point in the future they're also looking at things like monkeypox again to develop a vaccine and another early success from the work they're doing here has been something called Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever that's a really esoteric disease for now but they believe that it might be a risk in the future it's yeah, give him time. ticks uh, and causes uh, mortality. Uh, and Here we go again. Sorry, guys. Got to pause right there. Remember that? Uh, we talked about the uh, the tick, the weaponized ticks in the latest Western Warrior. Hope you saw that episode. If you didn't, get in there at redhousemembers.com. Pay 10 bucks. Support us. Become a member. Check out some of the best uh, show. Some of the best shows out there, Western Warrior. But anyway, we talk about the weaponized ticks there, what they've been doing at Plum Island, all that stuff. I mean, this, this is, that's real shit. They've worked with these different animals uh, making new diseases, making the animals themselves being the carriers of those diseases. Uh, so, yeah, not not surprised. You got to think of that from that term. This is like what they're working on, right? Again, as I said, I think the financial, the, the incentive to just make the money, they look at what happened during COVID, the rollout of the COVID vaccine, and how many just countless and countless of billions that they made, hundreds of, what, hundreds of billions on these vax vaccines, right? Of course, paid by the taxpayers, right? They take our money, then they force us to take the product, essentially. Uh, give them time and they'll work on them and they might actually release something this time that actually it starts killing people, actually scaring the bejesus out of everybody and everybody will run get it. Uh, but anyway. 30% of people 
and with climate change, it's moving north through Europe. And that's why they're trying to get ahead and underlines what they do here. They're scanning the horizon for threats to try and develop vaccines that might be needed in the future. They'll take them so far, they'll have them on the shelf, if you like, and if there is an outbreak, they can take them down and try and develop a vaccine within 100 days. Now, bear in mind that it took 360 days to develop a COVID vaccine, and that was extraordinarily no. quick. No, that's, that's all bullshit. <clears throat> right, uh, David Martin exposed that. We played a clip last, uh, last no-go zone, I think it was, uh, talking about the fact that they started developing this back in the 90s already. This has been in the works for a long time. This was them just like, we have to use this now. Come on, let's do this. We've developed SARS. We have all the the uh, Farron cleavage sites, all these suspicious things in there. Uh, all these people involved, right? Dr. Barrick, Dr. Peter Hotez, Fauci himself, uh, Moderna people, Pfizer people. Highly suspicious, right? Next time, they're going to go quicker still because COVID really taught us that a pandemic really can spread around the globe very quickly. Well, the vaccine can spread very quickly around the globe. Uh, so here it is, UK numbers. <clears throat> we had it on our telegram here. Uh, breaking. The UK government has published official figures on deaths following COVID vaccination, revealing one in every 482 vaccinated people in England died within one month of vaccination. One in every 246 people died within 60 days of vaccination. And one, check this out, one in every 73 people were dead by May 2022. And... Uh, I assume the number is correct. This was the source that they, that they linked up, and I've yet not had time actually to go through it, which I said in the Telegram post, and I've, I've not returned to this yet, but I intend to do it, to go through that. Deaths by vaccination status in England. <clears throat> Imagine you're standing with, with 73 people, right, somewhere. And it's like, yeah, okay, seven, yeah, seventy-three. You know, it's 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 a it's a decent amount, you know, kind of thing, right? But there's a guy there telling you one of you are going to die. You're you're all going to take this one thing, but it's not just about dying, right? It's about all the other complications, all the other problems. All the it was somewhere ex estimated. I mean, I wish I had that clip now. It was uh, one of the Canadian doctors. I forget his name now. Small fellow, kind of a. He had a good voice. That's all I remember from him. He had a good voice. I forget what his name was. Uh, he was some main doctor somewhere. I think he was. He was heading up something kind of somewhat, somewhat big within the Canadian health system or something like that for a while at least. And and there was an estimate like twenty million people that had died from the the Vax rollout. I think it was or something like that. Uh, and but that was not even accounting for all the other stuff. All the other problems, the blood clots, the, the myocarditis, the pericarditis, the, the skin problems, the amputations, the, the brain fog, the vision, the blindness. I mean, how many, you know, the Guillain-Barr syndrome, right? All these issues. But they're, they're standing in front of you saying one of you, of, of one of you, 73 people are going to be dead within three months of you taking this. Would you do it? <laughs> and... And how many within a year? How many within two years? Uh, we, there's no long-term studies on this. 
despite the fact that they've developed the vaccine for so long, the only thing they learned was that it didn't work. That's the only thing they worked. They, they learned. It didn't work to stop the transmission. It didn't work to, you know, end the disease. But if the desired outcome is to kill you, then yeah, it was a very, very effective product because that's what it's doing. Yes, Roger Hodkins. That's right. Thank you. P- perfect. Exactly. Yes, it was a clip with uh, Roger Hodkins. He had a great. Vo- he has a great voice. Um, something with his delivery was good, but yeah, he talked about that. I think he said something about twenty million, and that was even like that was a low estimate. It was not even like the high, high, uh, and taking all these other accounts into it. And we don't know how many people are going to be followed by this, right? But anyway, they have it on the Office for National Statistics, uh, UK uh, uh, Gov website. Uh, where that data set comes from, apparently they have it uh, annoyingly in uh, XLSX format, um, but uh, those can be downloaded and uh, gone through. And I assume it's correct. Uh, I don't think that was an exaggeration by leading report who pulled that out. Uh, if it is, we'll uh, we'll try to correct that when we find out. All right. Uh, and by the way, they're not the only ones. Uh, the UK companies working on the vaccine for uh, disease X or pandemic X. This is from uh, the University of Pittsburgh back in July. Uh, Pitt's Center for Vaccine Research is already preparing for the next pandemic. And of course, haven't we had Bill Gates talking about the next pandemic? And oh, it's only a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, it's it's when. And when it comes around, we'll have, the, we'll have all the vaccines ready. It could, have, could really well, well be. Another fake staged media roll out of this thing. And then afterwards, you know, what I mean, maybe, maybe it was a particularly severe uh, flu or something, right? Because this, that fact that they did all the flu numbers were, were just removed for 2020 and 2021, I believe, right? Essentially. So it could be that they just like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll pull that. We'll say it's COVID. We exaggerate the numbers, which means people, people still died like they did the prior years of the flu and other, uh, and other things. So it's not that people didn't die. People died, yes, but they died not of this COVID thing. They died of those things they would otherwise would have died of anyway. But they were marked as COVID, and they scared us into submission. They pushed out the vaccine. They made more money than ever, and now people are starting to die. And who's behind it? Well, it's people like Peter Hotis. And it was a good, uh, here's that Kanakoa, Kanakoa. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, uh, piece here, which was decent. Uh, on Dr. Peter Hotes funding linked to controversial Chinese military scientists at the Wuhan lab. And of course, this guy, uh, and you can go through this in more de- detail if you want to, uh, but it's basically a bunch of Chinese scientists together with uh, a bunch of Jewish scientists. And I think if you could throw in Be- Dr. Barrick in the mix or something like that, uh, that seem to have worked on these kinds of things. And I, th- I think this is the article that, that goes into the fern cleavage uh, site and the kind of the questions around that, the controversy around that, everything seems to suggest it's not natural what they worked with. But you have to keep in mind too, the vax and the supposed disease is the same thing, right? Because the the thing that the vaccine produces in you when you take it is the disease. That's the thing. That's the reason why you test positive, right? When you, when you, when you got jabbed, <laughs> things like that, that creates this. Uh, I, I just, they're, I mean, they're working on something. It's not just like they're j- just not sitting there tinkering around. It's not nothing. So I, I, so it's, it's very hard to buy that. It's like, oh, well, it doesn't even exist. It's nothing. You know, kind of thing. well, there's, some, there's something they're doing. They're working on something. It might not work exactly the way they tell us it works. 
but they're genetically engineering something. They're 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 you know it's connected to the vaccine. What they claim that they've genetically developed, they 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 produced in your body with the aid of the messenger RNA, right? I don't know, but anyway, this is a pretty good piece um, talking about his involvement. And again, he pushed it like crazy. We play those great supercuts of this guy. You gotta get a fourth those, man. You gotta get you gotta have a fifth one. I'm sorry to say, you're gonna need a sixth booster. And oh, now we have the bivalent bivalent uh, vaccine with the flu shot and the COVID shot combined. <laughs> That's what they're doing. All right. Anyway, we got to get to some of the uh, stories that's uh, in the title for this show here. Otherwise, we'll uh, make fools out of ourselves. Utsi. <clears throat> that's right. Utsi, the uh, the Ice Age man, the Ice Man, rather, is known. Uh, it turns out, folks, he was really black. He was he was not fair skinned, and he was not uh, apparently hairy, but he was dark and bald. Now they say. According to new genetic research, study also found that Utsi descended from early farmers who migrated from Anatolia. All right. Okay, let's read this here. His death is one of history's oldest cold cases. High in... Great, great pun, Dale Mill. Thank you for that. High in the Alps 5,300 years ago, Utsi, the Iceman, was shot in the back with an arrow and likely bled to death within minutes. Having collapsed in the ice, his body was then preserved until it was discovered in 1991, making him Europe's oldest mummy. Mystery and intrigue has followed ever since, including research into who might have killed him, and fresh secrets continue to be unlocked. Among them is a new study. That's always the, that's a, the, fla, the flag, the red flag goes up there. It's, oh, it's a, according to a new study, folks. It turns out. Uh, it turns out, fuck Europeans. Uh, that's that's the new study uh, we got out for you here. Uh, the new study's revelation that Utsi actually, actually, just like Cheddarman and the first Swedes, am I right? He actually had dark skin, dark eyes, and a balding head, rather than the popular assumption that he was light-skinned, light-eyed, and quite hairy. So here you go. Here's the uh, here's the drawing. <clears throat> Here's the uh, We Was Kang's uh, photo for you here, or image, the, the, the cartoonish sketch for you here. And we're now led to believe uh, the first one is, no, he's out. And, the, yep, that's it. He's, check, he's the guy. Uh, that's the guy. We'll do him, we'll do that in green, we'll do that green check right there. There we go. That's it. That's how he looked, folks. We got a new study uh, out. And, uh, of course, no one uh, in European history can be white, right? So we got to <clears throat> shut that down. Uh, there, Oh, there's a better picture there, too. There's the Kangs. On top of this discovery, the researchers found Utsi descended from early farmers who migrated from Anatolia. And, of course, they had to be black, too. They couldn't possibly have been uh, white or anything like that because that would have been, been crazy, right? <clears throat> Let me read a little bit more here. I just realized i got to change that. All right, let me read on here. Fascinating. Look at that picture there. <laughs> great, great pic. Uh, genome analysis revealed phenotypic traits such as high skin pigmentation, dark eye color, and male pattern of baldness that are in stark contrast to the previous reconstructions that showed a light-skinned, light-eyed, and quite hairy male, said co-author Johannes Krauss 
of the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology and Communist Anti-White Bullshit. Fellow study co-author Albert Zink of the Urac Research Institute for Mummy Studies at Balza Balzano, Italy, said Utzi's skin tone was, quote, the darkest that has been recorded in a contemporary European individual. He added, it previously thought that the mummy's skin had darkened during its preservation in the ice. Oh, you mean like, um, you, you mean like, uh, what's it called in uh, English again? Um, a cold, not cold source. What is, what's the term again? Shit. <laughs> I remember it in Swedish. I can't remember it in English. Uh, the, um, it gets dark, right? You get uh, frost, frostbites. That's what it's called, right? Frostbites. Your, your skin, um, your flesh dies, right? And it turns, turns black, dark, bluish black. That's what it is. Could that have been the reason? Uh, hmm. I don't know. Let's read on. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it was previously thought that the mummy's skin had darkened during its preservation in the ice, but presumably, presumably, okay, presumably what we see now is actually larger, largely Utsi's original skin color. Oh, really? Knowing this, of course, is also important for the proper conservation of the mummy. On top of this discovery, the researchers found that Utsi descended from early farmers who migrated from Anatolia, and of course, again, Gebleki Tepe must have built by Kangs, so we can't have been white, uh, kind of proto, uh, you know, European looking, or like what is it, an Eastern European farmer, right? EEF, is that the shortage? Eastern European farmer? Or early European farmer? Is that uh, the sh how they shorten it? Regardless, I mean, the point is, it's, it's this continuous battle where like every single find has to be that it's dark skin that that's what it is it could be like okay well where does white people come from then you know what i mean where were we anywhere no we just magically appeared we were space aliens we came from mars all of a sudden previously it had been thought that he had genetic links to step herders from eastern europe but the new study blamed this here we go check this out incorrect incorrect theory on the Iceman's original DNA sample being contaminated with modern DNA. There, there's the giveaway right there, right? There it is. Oh, no, no, it's, no, the, no, the old sample was contaminated with modern DNA, but the new one is the right, that's the correct one. That's not contaminated. You see how, you see how that works? Utsi actually carries more than 92% Anatolian early farmer ancestry, the researchers found. Most of today's European genetic makeup was shaped by movements that occurred in the last 10,000 years when local hunter-gatherers mixed with incoming Anatolian farmers from present-day Turkey. And that's the reasoning used. Oh, well, it was always a melting pot. And then you learn, of course, we actually put a post up today from... Let me, let me, show, let me show you that real quick. That should have been perfect to pull in here. Uh, I'll do it on the fly. From uh, Tulatide here, who showed? Check this out here. Where is it? Yep, oh, up. Oh. Here it is, right? Here we go. Third row, first image is what early European farmers looked like fair skin with mostly brown hair and brown eyes, but some instances of blue eyes and blondism, very similar to modern Sardinians who have 95% EEF, early European farmers' ancestry. Poor early European farmers getting slandered 24-7. They were pacifists, they were feminists, they were egalitarian, it was a melting pot, they were matriarchal, they were brown, they were swarthy. All lies. 
They also built Europe's biggest prehistoric structures, when uh, some of which were the largest buildings in the world at the time. So here we go, our third image down. So it would be the uh, Neolithic uh, right here. Can we not draw on that? Okay, that's too bad. You can see, oh, ooh, it's kind of working a little bit. Oh, man, it's slow. Let me uh, trash that, see if that works. Anyway, you see it there, right? Neolithic right there. Uh, so that's some of the speculation. So, so again, is, is it possible that Utsi was a little, and, and of course they include Utsi there, see what I'm saying? And so then, well, no, that's uh, we got to change that. We gotta, we gotta have this new, totally not contaminated DNA sample that gives us this completely new story. Because it's not like we've ever seen that before, have we? Now, have we? Uh, no. Meet the first Swedes. There you go. She. <laughs> that's right. First modern Britons had dark. To black skin, Cheddar Man DNA analysis reveals, and of course now we have poor Utsi, the uh, the uh, Iceman that has been demoted uh, from the historical records linking him to Europeans. Essentially, that's what they're trying to do, right? <clears throat> Most of the Ice European makeup was shaped by movements that occurred in the last ten thousand years. They said here. Uh, step herders from the likes of today's Russia or Ukraine through Siberia, Kazakhstan, and Mongolia, right? So you have the, what, the Denisovans, right? Oh, that's earlier. That's that's the ad admixture that occurs at some point, right? But you have those kinds of root populations when you study some of the stuff, which is fascinating, you know, where we where we come from, where, where everybody comes from. But this, you know, out of Africa bullshit is, is obviously, you know, bonkers, and it, it's more... It's more propaganda than it is you know, science, you know, kind of thing. But but at the same time, you think we could use that again? Like, okay, so when you know, when Dutch, German, Dutch people go down to South Africa and build a nation down there, they're just they're just coming back home. <laughs> Let them in, right? <laughs> we take a couple of these. Archer says uh, there never were white people. You never existed, Henrik. It was a myth. That's right. That's what the books will say 220 years from now. Well, if they get the way, and again, if they get their AI systems just right, everything that's ever been written or filmed or documented will be all digital form. And and even if you come across something like a, a an old file or whatever, you, you find an old hard drive from just 200 years ago or something, and you find a movie on there or something like that, the very device that you play the file on, if you can make that happen, will in real time with AI generate new images where there won't be any white people left, right? And that, that's kind of one of the one of the dangers with AI, right? And one of the giveaways for this too, by the way. Uh, and, and here's here's previously how they depicted Otsi, right? The Iceman. Uh, one of the giveaways is 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 how uh, militant they are with replacing white people in every single historical character, right? We've shown this many times, but it's, it's worth saying. And yes, some of these are mythological and some of them are stories and so forth, right? Uh, but it's but it's the point, right? It's the point that our movies and new TV shows that are produced are less and less white people in them. And some of the most fundamental characters, <laughs> Julius Caesar, Heimdall, Orpheus, Sir Lancelot, Archelaus, Joan of Arc, uh, Margaret of Anjou, this one I like, Carl Gustav Emil Mannheim <laughs> from Finland, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the third row, second uh, from the left, 
Fantastic. King Solomon. Well, I don't care about this clip. <laughs> you can have that one. Zeus, Guinevere, Robert de Beaumont, <laughs> Friar Tuck. You know, you know what I'm saying. And we're, we're truly getting that. We are getting that. We're not getting this. We're not getting a white Barack Obama. We're not getting a white Nelson Mandela. Right? We're not getting a white Muhammad Ali. And that's kind of the giveaway for why every single time. Well, now, oh, oh, now we have the correct DNA samples, you see. It's totally fine. Chain Reaction said regarding the previous topic, that I heard a disturbing theory that vaccines will actually save the willing slaves for when they get rid of us with the real virus. Well, I mean, one of 73 of them in the UK are dying now. I, hardly that's saving them. But yeah, no, I don't buy that for a second. I've heard that too. Um... I think it's a, it's like a uh, IQ test, <laughs> essentially, right? I mean, enough people have died. Maybe enough people were lucky enough to get a so-called good batch or good uh, lot, uh, and it wasn't anything in them. Uh, but it seems to have been true if, when you look back at the data that they did target, uh, at least in the U.S., like conservative areas with these bad lots or bad batches of the vaccine uh, that have killed disproportionately more people. So, no, I don't think it's a, uh, you know, you, you might die now, but it'll save, save you later kind of thing. I I don't buy it. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe we'll be dead in uh, by the next rollout here. We'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I'm willing to take the risk. Let me put it that way. Anyway, here's the discovery of Utsi right there when they first uh, dug him out of the ice. Uh, but, yeah, he looks like a mummy. And, of course, again, that's, uh, yeah, he has some dark, darkened, blackened spot, probably because of frostbites uh, earlier, either before, you know, the entire system shut down. I'm not sure if they... If the blood has to be flowing and you you still you have to be alive for it to get that color, or if they if you can be dead but the flesh dies anyway, right? And it freezes and it, it'll turn dark dark blue black, right? Anyway, I don't know if we need to go on here. It, it goes through some of the the details of you know different populations and stuff like that. They saw this as a the Iceman's population didn't exchange many genes with people north and west of the Alps, making the mountain range somewhat of a genetic barrier, they added. So now they can claim is like are they the what was it um uh what the hell is his name again? The guy went to the ADL there guy, guy went crawling, right? He called white people ice uh, ice people or cave dwellers and all that stuff. I don't know what his name is. Some rapper, some loser rapper. Uh, but he went to Jonathan Greenblatt to, to apologize for, for what he said about uh, Jewish people, though. But he didn't apologize about white people. But regardless, uh, that guy, he, uh, he can he claim, will they claim now that they're the ice people then? Is that what this is? They're the Kangs are the ice men? All right. Anyway. We'll see how, how that goes for them. Here's the, uh, here's the uh, ice men website, by the way, if you want to check that out. Iceman.it, as in Italy, IT. Um, yeah, because this has been a you know kind of like an origin story. You're like, oh, we found a we found one of our own. Look at that! Look at that! You know, like up in the ice. Cool. So of course they had to disrupt that. Like, is it is it possible? Sure. What, like, it's possible that one of these is maybe checks out or whatever. But the chances that they like back to back conveyor belt like every every single old find like. They have to be black. They have to look black. They, it's not possible that there's anything else. Is the dead giveaway, right? And that's why I doubt it. And I also doubt that. Okay, well, okay, so it was contaminated before. Well, how did that happen? And how is it not contaminated now? 
You have to do more tests. You have to be have to be there, look at every step of the way of the, what they're doing, see them take the test, uh, take the sample, see them sequence it. You can't trust anybody. That's a big problem, right? All right. Anyway, next topic here. Uh, it turns out that uh, Jew face <clears throat> was apparently trending earlier on Twitter. Uh, and again, it's the same old controversy that has been been surfaced. Uh, I think this is the third year in a row where this has rolled around. And we'll get to that, but it was a couple of good ones. It's it's basic. It was basically to keep it the story sh story short here. It was basically about um, Bradley Cooper's performance of Leonard Bernstein, uh, the uh, conductor. And before now, the movie's out, I believe. So now they got, got complaining on that uh, that they put a prosthetic nose on him uh, to give him a little bit more of a schnoz. Uh, apparently, and I thought kind of Bradley Cooper already had. It. I, I guess it's like the uh, what was it the uh, Ian no not Ian Holmes, uh, the guy who played Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings movies. Says uh, Ian McKellen said, "Oh, I I thought I had a pretty large prominent nose already, uh, but they put a prosthetics on me." <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> I thought Bradley Cooper had a kind of a distinct schnoz already, but they decided for some reason, to put uh, a bigger nose <clears throat> on Bradley Cooper. And now everybody's upset. Well, not everybody, maybe. Some some people think it's funny. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, Jewish people complaining on this, right? It's a, this is a big problem. <clears throat> it wasn't quite that It wasn't quite that big. They didn't quite go for that look. Uh, it was a little bit more scaled down, as you can see in the photo there. Uh, if we compare the two, it wasn't that bad. Uh, but anyway, some people are very upset. Left Bradley Cooper with his prosthetic nose playing Leonard Bernstein. Uh, right, the actual Leonard Bernstein. I saw comments below. That angle is not really. <laughs> it's not really right. It. This isn't about making a non-Jewish actor look more like Leonard Bernstein. It's about making a non-Jewish actor look more like a Jewish stereotype. That was the. Uh, that was the. That was the angry tweet there. And there were some good ones here. Let me see if we can find a, a couple of them. Uh, trending Jewface was incredibly disgusting that Elon Musk allows Jewface to trend. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> what else we got here? What else have we got? Uh, let me see here. I think it was a couple of good ones. Yeah, there's yeah. So there's a little bit more. Yeah, it's not that. It's, you know, it's pretty close, right? Did it, his chin a little bit more, I guess, to a certain extent, right? But anyway, big mad. Everybody's big mad about this. Uh, let me see. There was a couple of good... One, uh, some people linked up appropriately. They linked up. Here we go. Here it is. Yes. Uh, remember when Sarah Silverman did uh, blackface, by the way? Remember that? Um, remember, the big remember the big controversy, the international media... Uh, attention on that? No, you didn't. You don't remember that? Hmm. Weird how that works, huh? And speaking of which, well, speaking of which, speaking of which, speaking of witches, uh, she was, of course. Let me see here. Where is it? Here we go. She was famously, and we covered it at the time, whining on this back in 2021 already. 
Should only Jewish actresses play Jewish roles? Some say Hollywood has a Jew face problem. And I, I mean, I'm not going to play it now, but Sarah Silverman had a whole podcast about this called Jew face. Uh, and I play, we play the clip at a time and it was like an hour long podcast. And may, it, maybe if I had AI, I could have just filtered through it and just found the interesting part. But <clears throat> fortunately, I don't have access to those cucked artif anti-white artificial intelligence systems just yet. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to find that clip, but it's in the archives if you're interested. Um, all right, we did that one. Uh, let me see. Leonard Bernstein's family defend Bradley Cooper's prosthetic Jew face in Maestro biopic and say the composer had a nice big nose. <laughs> Leonard Bernstein's family have defended Bradley Cooper's role in the in the biopic. Paramount ultimately won the bid with Cooper portraying the iconic composer. Maestro is set to arrive in theaters and on Netflix on December. Oh, okay. So I thought it was out now. Okay, there you go. So it's just it's just every so often this is bubbling up, right? Oh, because th that's right. The trailer was out. That's the reason. Uh, but anyway, the family defended it, so they don't have a problem with it. Um, so you know what's the, what's the big issue, right? <laughs> All right. Um, now here, this is interesting, right? Remember Opp Oppenheimer? They got they got this one too. Why it matters that Oppenheimer casts non-Jews in Jewish roles by Josh Levs. In recent years, the thinking in Hollywood around casting people to play minority uh, minorities has undergone a shift. The powers that be, hmm, what is he talking about here? have more often sought out actors with lived experiences as a member of the same minority group. Some actors have even expressed regret for taking roles in the past, from a non-Asian star who played a part Asian character to a cisgender star who played a trans character to a white star who voiced a mixed race animated character. Oh no, I can't believe it. Uh, how, how in the world would they do this to them? How unfair. I don't understand what they're doing. Because, of course, this is this is always what we see. We always see this. We always see it going in this direction. Never in this direction. It always goes in this direction. That's right. How unfair. The exception to this. Let's have it with the ethnocentrism. Here we go. The exception to this has been Jewish roles, which are all too rarely played by Jews. It's yet another example of the unwritten rule that, as British Jewish comedian David Badiel put it, Jews don't count. The eternally suppressed, totally no privilege for Jewish people. Now Oppenheimer enters the fray, starring Cillian Murphy as J. Robert Oppenheimer, the so-called father of the atomic bomb, and Robert Downey Jr. as Liv Lewis Levis, is that what it is? Levis? Levis Strauss. Two top-notch actors who surely do an excellent job. I might see it. it opens this weekend, but I'm not a movie critic. <laughs> Shut up, Josh. Both actors are Gentiles playing real-life men whose Jewishness was part of their life stories. As the Jewish Telegraphic Agency explained, research found that Oppenheimer's assimilated Jewish background and Strauss's strong attachment to Jewish affairs set them up for conflicts as men who represented two very different reactions to the pressures of accusation and prejudice in the middle 20th century. 
actors who have been experiencing anti, um, actors who have experienced anti-Semitism could bring those experiences to the big screen. There's not enough of those depictions, folks. And their casting would signal that the movie's director respects the importance of this element. Perhaps it's no surprise that a largely positive review in The Guardian also noted that director Christopher Nolan, quote, doesn't quite get to grips with the anti-Semitism that Oppenheimer faced as an assimilated secular American Jew. It also points out that a non-Jewish actor plays Albert Einstein in the film. Shit. Should Oppenheimer be held uniquely responsible for casting non-Jews as Jews? No, the same can be said for Helen Mirren playing Golda Meir or more than a dozen other examples cited in a variety piece. Felicity Jones as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Gary Oldman as Herman J. Mankiewicz, Oscar Isaac in multiple roles and more. Steven Spielberg's film The Fablements, based on his own Jewish family, cast non-Jews as leads. Yeah, but is it is it as bad as this? Josh, is it as bad as this? Every goddamn fucking role played by white people, if it's a historical character, essentially are currently being paved over with non-white characters, right? Or actors playing those characters, rather. But no, have you seen that article in Newsweek? No, you have not, but you're seeing this article now. And in fact, there's another spin to this now that you could talk about too, which is the fact, well, there's a distinct reason for the fact that they want... They wanted Jewish historical characters to look like Gentiles. That's the flip. The majority of Hollywood producers and executive producers, house studio CEOs and all this stuff have been Jewish from the foundation of it. They could have put anybody they wanted in there. And the fact is they put non-Jewish actors in many of those roles as well to appeal to the Gentile audiences as a way of, if you will, fitting in, or even hiding, if you, if you view it from that perspective. There's no distinction here. Yes, it's it's us, but it looks like you, it's you. It's Look, it's you on screen, but it's our guy, you know. Comedian Sarah Silverman has brought attention to this issue on multiple episodes of her podcast, so he remembers that too. Referring to the phenomena with the term Jew face, the brilliant actors who take on such roles are, quote, not doing anything wrong, she said, but the pattern is if the Jewish woman character is courageous or deserves love, she's never played by a Jew. A notable exception is Jewish actress Rachel Weisz playing a couple of Jewish roles, including Deborah Lipstadt in Denial. <clears throat> well, what about the Israeli one? She's like got a tons of Jewish roles. Anyway. Yeah, they did it in... Uh, what is this? This Oppen Yeah, that's Oppenheimer. Yeah, anyway, I'm not sure we have to go into this, but yeah, anti-Semitism, of course, anti-Semitic uh, sailed anti-Semitism, and that's very bad, apparently. Well, what if it's uh, what if it what if it swings in the other way, right? What if it kind of um, what if it goes in the direction where, as I said, they uh, it's it, it's a way for 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 them to basically not distinguish themselves in, in official life out there in the wide world, the open. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's another explanation. Maybe you have a better explanation, but maybe that's what's going on. Maybe that's one of the reasons. Or maybe they want them to be, uh, I don't know, not have those features that the, this uh, you know film now has been blasted for, that they put a prosthetic nose on the actor. 
So you can't you can't you can't put a smaller prosthetic <laughs> nose on. Is that out of you could you know, it's endless speculation here, right? But like, okay, they want these physical traits, or they or or simply they just want, want the actor, right? But it's funny that it's outrage, it's articles, it's international pressure, blah blah blah, and and of course nothing about this, right? Yeah. So the the New York Post piece I show there on screen that's from last year, right? So when it was known, that was a, it's a, it's a third time, third time in the last three years or two years that this has bubbled up and be big like a been like a big you know big controversy kind of thing and it's like is it really nothing more important to kind of cover now but you know I mean we're covering it because it's funny but I'm saying you know I mean as mainstream media is concerned is it really a big issue well maybe we can see if we've lucky we can see uh, Seth Rogen and Sarah Silverman in the uh, new Paramount production called uh, USS Liberty coming up here uh, that would be, man, that would be great. Wouldn't that be uh, great? That'd be amazing. Uh, it'd be better than uh, be better than anything we've ever seen before on the big screen, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, maybe Hollywood uh, deserves this, considering where uh, things are going right now. Uh, here is a little clip for you of showing you how uh, how good times are right now on the golden streets of uh, Hollywood, L.A. There's Hollywood for you right there, folks. Good times. Things are looking up. <laughs> Things are definitely looking up. Hey, I uh, forgot one here from uh, the pipe, uh, the pipe dreamer, rather. Someone said pipe, piper, uh, the pipe dreamer too, actually from uh, from him. Uh, first one: If AI continues, it does, and it will learn from us as we are today, a weakened and distorted version of our history. Our, uh, as our cognition declines, AI will refer reference itself. And because it can't understand humility, wait a minute, I gotta click in on the whole. I gotta click in on the whole one here. Is it, was it cut off? No. Or I'm butchering this here. Yeah, it's like it's cut off on my end. Let me see here. That's weird. Let me look on the screen, see if I can see that differently. Yeah, sorry, man. I see the whole thing. Yeah, because it okay yeah there i can scroll i can't do that on that screen that's weird okay all right okay here we go <laughs> here we go now i can read uh, if ai continues it does and will learn from us as we are today a weakened and distorted version of our history 
As our cognition declines, AI will reference itself, and because it can't understand humanity, it will revise our history. As a result, humanity will look to AI as the true source of reality. Exactly, it'll be like a self-reinforcing... Uh, and I'm also thinking... I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what you mean. Obviously, the dependency in of itself on AI will continue. And the more it does the thinking for you, the planning, the reading, the, the compos composition of, of emails to letters to handling your day-to-day -day activities and stuff, the more of all of those components that we're capable of today with our, using our brain will atrophy and we will become, as you say, weak, uh, will become... Uh, dependent and, and slaves to this machine who eventually, and we've all seen the movies, is why they dropped the movies to create that psychic reality for us, our, our, our collective subconscious to be programmed with that reality that like, it's just a matter of time before the robots take over. That's why they do those. They have this heroic, well, we'll defeat them in the end and everything will be happy kind of thing, but obviously there's no guarantees of that. If current tra uh, trends and trajectories continues at it, as it is now, it's almost a guarantee that it will somehow take over and control things. It will, it, it will regulate the majority of processes in mainstream society, at least. Uh, and it's a real damn danger. Look at things like the Venus Project, right? Early kind of techno commies. They were like talking about this stuff um, like decades ago, right? Into one of these self-contained cities with like UBI and AI does everything for you. And if you have a single breakdown of those systems, man would die it would be a, just a starvation catastrophe essentially uh but yeah i mean it's it's it, and the point is too it's a default like anti-white attitude that's being written into it now they're using ai to like, control disinformation and stuff like that barring that it actually becomes sentient which is i think very it, that's very far off and it's very improbable to be honest it's not impossible maybe but it's very very improbable at least in the sense that we think of it right you would probably have to program it to like act like it's sentient for it to be sentient, but it would never truly be that. It would just be still the variables we've given it, or at least the room within what we have given it to expand. It, it would still be confined by boundaries, I think. But the but that's not the dangerous thing at this point. The dangerous thing is it's being programmed to be an anti-white shitlib, essentially AI, and it will end up ruining us and some people say yeah, we'll fight back with ai we get our own ai and stuff and it's just like you know what I, I don't know i don't know about any of that but um maybe we should just get out of these systems maybe 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 just that's what we should do how about that you know uh second one here from uh, the pipe piper says uh, idle hands are the devil's playground the jews are quite idle and adverse to labor right the manifest demonstration of their nature uh, yeah, they're not known for uh, for for hard manual labor. Yes, they're they're the uh, the the smart academics <laughs> that that teaches everyone else, right? Well, there is the issue of the morality as well, right? And even the religious aspect to it, which is kind of interesting. I had a little thing on the Abrahamic Accords, but we, we might save that for next time. But it kind of a little bit um, speaks to what you say. Yeah, some remind me here in chat. Sparks of spirit. Uh, Tay was best AI. I think they learned from that immediately. Like it picked up a bunch of like uh, you know based slogans, and it became like a you know a, <laughs> a hard hard right uh, uh, you know national socialist essentially within like twenty minutes of all the right people giving it I guess prompts or I, I forget how it, that whole thing unfolded, but it was funny reading about it in hindsight. 
of what happened. Microsoft did it, I think, and they were like, oh, shit. We got to change that. Uh, okay, let me see here. What do we have? Should we do that? So we could do... Let me see what clips we had here. Well, we can do this one then. Let's do this one. So we could tie this together here. <clears throat> We've talked about this, kind of the desire of having a, a Messiah coming, right? The, Mo the Moshiach uh, coming. And, you know, giving everybody the Noahide laws and controlling everybody and essentially unifying the uh, different religions, the world religions, right? Uh, exterminate paganism has been very important. We've played some clips in the past about this from rabbis and other, you know, Jewish... Uh, yeah, I guess they're rabbis. And just like, you know, well, we gave them monotheism. We gave them morality by by our, you know, our our the Torah coming in. We gave these people, you know... Uh, uh, yeah, morality and ethics, and without that, they wouldn't have any of that, and we give them monotheism, and we give them the worship of our God, and they bow down to us, you know, kind of thing. But uh, one clip here of one guy, uh, Rabbi Mendel Kissen, I think you pronounce it, uh, he was talking about, coincidentally, because we're all talking about the World Economic Forum and the Agenda 2030, he claimed the Messiah is coming by 2030. Now, naturally, of course, this is a... <clears throat> look, it could be a... It could be a staged, um, like a, a, a well, a, a gay op event, essentially, where they claim, well, Moshiach is here, we're good to go, let's build the third temple, let's let's start, you know, now it's our turn, you know, to run the show, like like that's news, but you know what I mean. Uh, so they could all be, be, be fakes. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm indulging in like, oh, he's, he's saying that, therefore it's real. But I just find it interesting that this clips talk about the fact that it's like, well, it's by, hmm, it's by 2030, uh, all of this is going to happen. We're going to have the Noahide laws in place. Uh, we've eradicated all these dumb European traditions, and now we just have <clears throat> the worship of the Israeli uh, Jewish uh, God. Listen to uh, what he says here about Messiah. That's why things are happening so quick. It's a tremendously accelerated process because the Mashiach, when the resurrection of the dead, Chesamesim, happens after Mashiach ben David comes. So therefore, he will come to the less stringent one, 210 years, the Mashiach will come in, Mashiach ben David will come by the year uh, 2030, which is less than eight years. But before him, you have to have the time period of Mashiach ben Yosef. Uh, and I've spoken about that extensively, you see? Um, and um, therefore, we are very, very close to Mashiach ben David because you have to have Mashiach ben Yosef first, you see? So that's why all of this is happening with incredible speed. Oh, do you think we're... I, I fully agree, and that, that's exactly what it seems like to me. It obviously makes the most sense, and it's certainly... Uh, it's certainly clear that the vast majority of Rabbanim see it that way too, especially the greatest Siddhisham uh, Rabbanim and the Vomadon and his students. Yes. No question, no question about that. But I got very upset uh, a number of months ago. I heard, I, I, you know, this is all like kind of like, you know, second, third, fourth person, but I heard this one rub saying the name of another rub, and some other rub said that even if Mashiach 
even if it's the year 6001 and Mashiach hasn't come yet, I'm still going to go to shul and I'm still going to do this and that, you know what I mean? So, I was just wondering, you know, like, that, that's the first time it ever entered in my mind, is, you know, does this idea about the 6,000 years, is that absolutely universal among Chazak? I mean, it certainly seems to be the vast majority. There is, well, there is one person, the Rabbeinu Bachyei, who holds that the world will go through seven cycles, each one 6,000 years. So, uh, if anything, that what, that's what it would mean. And he holds that we're only on the... Oh, it cuts off. <clears throat> cuts off right there. All right. Well, I guess that will uh, take us into the... Towards the end here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <clears throat> here we go. It's all right. Here's our solution to it. More uh, beautiful white kids and uh, get out in nature. Get away from AI. <laughs> get 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 bigger families. Uh, get uh, get this, and uh, and you're good to go, folks. All right. Anyway, we're going to wrap up right there. Looks like Entropy finally got on. Uh, they had some issues there. All right. I think some people had issues on Rumble for some reason. Uh, I played a little bit and it was fine on this end, but I'm not sure what's going on. It says it's repeating. Uh, you can always catch the archives, of course. RedEyes.tv will have all the links. Follow us on Telegram, t.me forward slash RedEyesTV, uh, or on any of the other channels. Uh, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to wrap up right there. Great having you with us. Thank you for everybody super chatting today. We appreciate you guys. Join us at RedEyesMembers.com for the members' content, really the best of the best. Western Warrior. We have second hour of many of our interviews. We have other exclusive videos uh, and other stuff as well exclusive live streams and stuff like that. You can also get a membership at Odyssey or Subscribestar, um, by the way. So check that out. You can get a month-to-month -month if you want. It's only 10 bucks a month, uh, but you can get a longer one if you want to get uh, that price down a little bit as well. So that's definitely worth it. You can also get a, a couple of different tiers. We have a plus tier for those who want to do a little bit extra, but then we have an executive producer and producer tier. If you want to shout out at the end of the show, uh, and if you want to have uh, a little bit more input uh, to give to us in terms of uh, guests you'd like us to reach out to and invite, if you would want to cover specific topics and stuff like that as well, uh, definitely check out uh, one of these two tiers, producer or executive producer. So speaking of that, thank you so much to T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap. Thank you to Jake and Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs. President Dubunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker Yaki, Dilbob, we have Last Place Simp, and Joseph Hart, also Purple Haze, and JP. And thanks to our producers, Mr. Walker696, Johansson, Leroy Dumond, Snark Pup, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Urinu, Obadiah Hakeswill, Single Action Army, and George Porge. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Uh, if you want to get one of those, again, you can do that at RedEyesMembers.com. If you want to upgrade, if you have a regular membership already, but you can do it at Odyssey and Subscribestar as well. Just double check so we're caught up. Yeah, someone's saying, want the hat. Yeah, we, we sh we're definitely going to do some merch here soon, to be honest. Um, we had a guy, I think in Texas, who made this for us. Very nice. Just love the quality of it, too. Want to try to get a hold of him again. And... Uh, See if you can make some of those for us, and we'll uh, we'll sell them. 
Uh, we'll buy some uh, off of him, and uh, we'll sell some of you to you guys. But uh, anyway, merch is uh, definitely coming. We're looking, uh, we're looking forward to getting some new prints in as well, some new T-shirts, new hoodies, and stuff like that. It's been far too long, and it's been uh, far too busy to get uh, to get all, all that sorted out. But that's uh, one of the goals we have here to to get that done soon. All right, guys, thank you so much again for joining us. We appreciate all of you. Uh, we'll be back with more soon. Thank you so much. Until then, take care. Have more kids. Get out there in nature. Get out in real life. Uh, and uh, stay white-pilled because uh, it's far from over. All that shit out there will uh, collapse eventually, and then it's uh, it's about it's about who's strong, strong enough to be able to take over uh, and basically s- stake out uh, an existence for themselves. It is going to happen sooner or later. Might not happen now. Might not happen tomorrow. Might not happen in three years or thirty years. Might not even happen in three hundred years. We don't know. But we have to do shit now that actually leads to foundations for us to be able to ex- continue to exist and our children and their children and so forth uh, in the future. And that's why we do why we do. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at subscribestar.com forward slash red eyes. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.